we're going to get my breast painted. So I took off my shirt and got that done. And so I was like, well, now I need to show everyone. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Tickle.Life's podcast. And um, I'm super, super stoked to have my fabulous guests, and we're going to have some juicy conversations like we always do. For everybody who doesn't know who I am, I'm Gaia Morissette, your hostess with the mostest. I'm going to allow my guest to pronounce her name so that I don't screw it up, as well as to give us a little, just a little taste of who you are. Um, and what you do in the world. And then at the end of the show, we'll go deeper into who you are and what you do and how you show up in the world after we find out your juicy story. Sure. So my name is Yael Rosenstock-Gonzalez, and I am a salsa dancer. I am a big dancer. I love that kind of stuff. And what I do in the world is I'm a sex educator, coach, author. I have a publishing company, and I'm a sex researcher. Ooh. I'm excited. <laughs> So what, so I always like to ask my guests something easy off the beginning. All right. So do you sleep naked or with pajamas? I love pajamas, but I often just sleep naked and it also is nice flow. Nice. Are you a underwear wearer or a commando kind of? I do wear underwear. I don't like to wash my clothing too frequently. <laughs> what story, what personal adventure are you going to take us on today? The first time and actually only time I've been to a kink uh, sex party. Ooh. All right. So set the stage. How old are you? I am, ugh, I think in my mid twenties and I'm in Manhattan. My friend has bailed on me and has not shown up. Um, and I started off by going to a brunch. Okay. So did you know that this is what was going to happen? Oh yeah. We had been, my friend and I had been like trying to find a kink party. We had literally shown up in Brooklyn like two weeks earlier to a building that was not the building that it was supposed to be to a party that did not exist. I don't know how this happened, but we were just like, Oh, so we were searching. I was like in the, I was wanting this to happen. Okay. So you were searching, you were like, you were like hardcore, like this, I'm going, we're going to find a party. Okay. So what happens? So I show up to the munch and it was like really sweet, right? You're just like in a diner, got some hot chocolate, whatever. And I went to the bathroom and connected with some folks that were in the munch because I, I was alone, right? And I was, I think, the youngest person around by probably a decade, if not two. Yeah. And so I found these two lovely women who I was like, would you mind adopting me as we go on to the party a part of this? <laughs> like, I am little and young. And, <laughs> and so these two fabulous women, I think one identified as sub, another one sub brat slash switch. Okay, so hold on. So we're gonna wanna do for, for our audience, I'm gonna I'm gonna intervene a little bit in some of the terminology and things just so yeah. that our audience have an idea of what we're talking about. So so when you talked about a munch, a munch is the terminology for a group of kinky people to get together, to get to know each other in a in a usually a vanilla being like a public environment and it's not overtly kink related, but everybody is there that is kinky. Okay. So that's that's what the munch is. Yeah. All right. And then you were talking about identifying as a sub. 
which is the submissive side of the play world and the BDSM. Um, and there's lots of different variations of that, but just so that you know that we're talking about sub, submissive, not subjugation, that's not sub anything, right? Okay. And then what was the other term that you would use? Sorry. Then brat, which is someone who is, uh, right, who is somewhat a submissive, but likes to get in trouble, likes to push back, wants to have that sort of power play be one of contention. Yes, that's my favorite kind of submissive. <laughs> I like a reason to hit people. <laughs> and the last one was that a switch, right? A so switch. Someone who goes between the different power dynamics. Beautiful. Okay, continue your story. Excellent. And so we're in the bathroom. I got the, yes, of course, we'll adopt you. Don't you worry, honey. And we head off. We head off to this, this new this sex party. It's an evening party. And I had gotten, yeah, I'd gotten my breasts painted that day. And I'd gone to an event, which I expected to be a nude event because it was body painting. And then everyone else was clothed. And I was like, the fuck, like, we're going to get my breasts painted. So I took off my shirt and got that done. And so I was like, well, now I need to show everyone. My well, breasts. of course. Because what? And so I ended up being, I think, the only person there who was bare breasted, which got some attention. Um, but we show up and... Honestly, the way I can describe it is that it kind of felt like a low-cost, low-budget film. It was dark. It yes. was kind of dingy. Like, it just, it was, I, I, you know, I'm sure that there are really a lot of great ones, but I went on a budget party and it was quite clear that I <laughs> a budget-friendly party. Okay, so what, okay, let's, let's backtrack a little bit before you go getting to the party. So why did you want to go to the party? What was your own experience in kink? Like what, like up to this point, who are you that you want to go and explore this? Yeah, so it took me a while to accept my kinky identity, to accept the fact that I am, <clears throat> excuse me, submissive brat. And I was excited that I had finally found, I, I felt like, it contrasted in some way with my feminism and I no longer feel that way. And so I was like, yeah, I want to be in this world. I want to get to know people. I need an entrance point and I, I want to see what it looks like. So I'm not someone who's particularly interested in voyeurism. Like I don't like watching per se. I'm not interested in, in, in having myself be watched, but I just wanted to get a feel of a scene. Mm. And so it seemed like a good way to do it was to go to a munch, ask my questions and then check out a party. Okay. All right. Okay, so you walk into the low-budget play party, <laughs> and it's dingy and it's dark, and how many people are there? Oh, I'm really bad with numbers, but like, let, let's say 100, right? There's like yeah. several rooms. There's a room where people are being tied up to the ceiling, and there's a room where folks are playing with like electricity and tickly things, and then there's um, a St. James Cross, so like something that you can hold... Uh, put people up on and there was like a wall to you know there's lots of things that you can do with your kinky and masochistic sadistic selves in that room <laughs> and yeah. I think there's also some space for like having sex right some sort of different sexual acts that you want to engage in okay all right so you go in you start and you start walking around you've taken yep. your so you've taken off so when you walk in do you immediately take off your your top so you can like show your painted breasts like what happens like what's the transition okay i was i was wearing a button up quite intentionally 
And so I just unbuttoned it and was like, hello world. And yeah, I like strutted my stuff with my two ladies with me. <laughs> Excellent. I was very, you know, interested in, in really emerging, emerging myself in. So what do you see? What's the first thing you see? Probably the first thing I saw was the St. James cross, like someone being flogged. Um, so it like hit with a whip. Uh, while being restrained on a cross and then like the the on the right is immediately this beautiful just like someone doing some really intricate uh rope work um, mm. with someone being suspended and yeah I think those are probably the first two things that I I witnessed in that space so what, how are you feeling like how are you feeling in that moment were you excited were you freaked out were you like nervous were you like what were the uh, gamut of emotions that were going through as you or stepped into that space? Excellent question. I have poor memory, but given my personality, I would say that I was pretty chill. I was just like, hmm, interesting. Like, I wonder if I'm going to want to play today, right? If I, I, I think that I went in with the intention of just watching mm -hmm. and then choosing as it went along. And so I was just wanting to get a feel for what is it that people do in the wild, right? In the real world, but at a party, mm -hmm. which is different from like at a home. Okay. All right. So continue. What happens next? So we walk around a bit. We participate in like this woman who's tied down and they're playing with like, some electric stuff, but also with feathers. And so like it's a tickle torture, which mm -hmm. is obviously very much enjoying. So like a bunch of us gather feathers and we're like, oh, all over her. And then we walk over to the area that's like a gate. It's like a black gate with different lines. And, you know, you can, you really hold yourself against it. There aren't um, anything to, to tie you to it. And someone invite someone I'm with to be flogged or to be whipped. And so she agrees. And so me and the woman are just like watching and I'm getting nervous because she's making all sorts of terrible sounds. <laughs> and I was like, is she okay? And it turned out she went into subspace, right? And so she was like gone. She comes back off that. And like that, that was our, like our last conversation happened before she went on that wall because she was, she was just off in the air for the rest of the night. Um, and so for anybody who's listening, subspace is that deep trans space that you end up going into when you can really drop in into surrendering to the experience of being submissive. Mm -hmm. And this person, the, the, the dom, the dominant figure, he, he was talking about the fact that he had had all these toys and he had dated someone who's vanilla, so not into kinky sex, and she had made him get rid of all of them. So he had come to this party with a remote control and a TV antenna. And so these were his like at home props. Um, and so that TV antenna was like pretty sharp. So he invited me to try next. And I was like, well, what the heck? One of my like basically chaperones is here. <laughs> you know, one of them still <laughs> around and kicking. Um, and so I tried and I realized like, it really isn't my thing because I'm interested in power play. Mm. And in that psychological dynamic, I'm not a mascus. I don't enjoy pain. And so I was like, yeah, you can step away with that antenna thing. That's not fun. And I wasn't feeling anything exciting or arousing. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, okay, well, thank you. I appreciate you. You're trying. Like, that's, um, they can do her now if you like. <laughs> <laughs> and was there disappointment in yourself? Like, what, what, what did you feel in that moment? Like, were you feeling like, you know, like you were supposed to react in a certain way or were you, you were okay with the fact that you just, it, it was whatever it was like, what, was there any stuff going on in, in your brain around that? 
Yeah. Well, I think I tried it because I was like, I'm curious whether or not this dynamic can feel sexy and arousing to me, right? Like, I don't know. And I'm open to it being so. Um, and also she had the, she had a freaking time of her life, right? She looked, the person before me looked hella happy. And I was yeah. like, I want to be hella happy like that. Um, but I just realized it, it, it's okay with me that it, it wasn't for me. I, I know what I like. I have a good sense at this point of what it is that turns me on versus, and it changes and it shifts, right? That happens always. But I was like, okay, that's not it. Like publicly being hit by someone you don't know with no pretense whatsoever is not your thing. Chill. Right on. Okay. So what happens now? It goes on. So then I get approached by a tall, thin couple who are like, oh, can we, uh, can we flog you next? And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Actually. I just learned that that doesn't do it for me. But then I saw this wicked hot dominatrix. I mean, she was so sexy and she was, um, paddling. So like using a paddle on a submissive. And I was like, that's, I want her. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, her energy is so sexy, so sensual. Like the way that she's doing this feels connected. And I was like, I don't know if they know each other. And I was just like, I'm going to wait around to see if like, if I can get her attention and like she and I can connect. I mean, I was the rest of the night I was obsessed with this woman. Like following her on my eyes that that the submissive whether or not she knew her was really clingy <laughs> and the aftercare so like the the post um spanking ex, uh, part of this person's experience like she just attached herself to the dominatrix and she wouldn't leave her side and i felt like it'd be rude to go up and be like i want to go i want to go take me next like ditch her <laughs> <laughs> she was so hot oh my god she was so hot she was so beautiful just like exuding exuding this sensual sexual energy and i was like i can I think I can get anywhere with this person. Like, I tried to her I tried to Google her. <laughs> okay, so? Well, that didn't happen. Like, that woman, uh, like, that sub did not leave her side. And I'm, I am not a late night person. So, like, when 1 a.m. came around, and like, I feel like the sub knew that I was trying to, like, get in. Like, she literally was, like, meowing and attached to this woman. Like at one, I was like, my friend's still in subspace. <laughs> Just, I think I'm done. But before I left, I was approached by another couple and they were the other youngest people in the room. So they were probably just around 28, 30. And they said, we would be interested in having a threesome with you. And I was like, ooh, I've never done that before. And I'm not particularly interested overall in threesomes, but I also had finally found confidence in my queer identity, but had yet to have experience with anyone outside of a cis man. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can have sex with her through this interaction. <laughs> and I can feel like ethical about it, right? I'm not like testing my queerness on someone, like I'm being invited to a threesome. And so I was super, super psyched. Um, and that ends up going in another direction, but it did end up leading to my first experience with a woman, which helped me feel more confident in, in that as well. So overall, was there other, anything else that happened in that experience of the, you know, I'm kind of interested to hear about the threesome. So we'll get to that in a moment, but um, anything else about being at the party and, and what did you learn? Like, what would, what would you say that you really learned about going and having that experience? I would say I definitely learned that I was right to like connect myself with other folks and not go alone as a like petite femme presenting type person like 
there were definitely some folks who were creepy. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't remember what their, like whether or not they allowed single men in or what have you. But like the one who we had done, the, the remote guy was totally fine. He was like a lovely human being. But like several other men approached us and we were like, go away, right? And having to like put strict boundaries and people like having to support those boundaries by being physically present behind us without even knowing us mm -hmm. to ensure that this person would leave us alone. So A, if you have the money, go to a not low cost, but low cost budget type film. <laughs> um, but if you don't have the money, like come with an entourage of some sort that you know can check in on you and make sure like right when she went into subspace, we kept constant eye on her because she wasn't yeah. in a state of mind. Yeah. to be um, consenting. And so I think that like stuck with me also, like I saw an, a much older person um, who was like all in leather, who, who probably identified as a sub slave. So slave was like a, another level of uh, submissiveness. And they were like licking someone's boot. And I was just like, oh my God, that boot has probably been outside. Like we live in New York city. Like you are consuming like human animal feces and like rat piss right now. You know, I was just like, that's not healthy. <laughs> and so like the kinds of things that go through my mind and there's such a wide range of kinks and fetishes and activities yeah. that you can engage in and very different levels of safety and like what is and isn't safe and yeah. whether you're a germaphobe and I'm not a germaphobe, I think. But like that to me, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's pretty gross. <laughs> and it's fine. Look all your boots. But I was like, New York City streets. You can get all sorts of things off those. <laughs> I'd want to bring clean boots if I was that kind of person. I'd like bring my sub some nice clean boots so that when they licked, they didn't lick New York City streets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and how did you define the rest of your sexual experiences? Like who, in that moment, how did that define how you continued your exploration and who you became as a sexual being? I don't know if it was defining so much as just like a notch on the journey. I, I knew what I liked already. It still took many years for me to find a partner with whom I had a good trusting connection to do it in a more legitimate way, right? Like folks will play around with you, but there's a difference between being willing to engage in certain sex acts and actually being in that power dynamic and that switch and engaging that way. And so like right now I'm in a 24 hour dom sub um, relationship that's like really chill and probably no one in the outside world would consider it that or recognize it as such mm -hmm. but it works really well for us and nice. we're enjoying it very much um, and so yeah it was just like yeah this is part of my journey of finding that part of me and and feeling good about it and not and not having it steeped in shame beautiful okay so let's tell me about the threesome <laughs> sure so Oh man, that was so disappointed. So she breaks up with him, I think, soon after this party. And so we're messaging and I was like, hold up. Like, <laughs> the reason I'm talking to you is because of her. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to need to figure out. So we had sex, I had sex with the, the man a couple of times, but I was like, I'm not actually here for you. Like I was here for her. So you're going to need to find me a replacement woman if you would like to have sex with me. He's <laughs> like, you're fine, right? I'm orgasming, but like, there's nothing like particularly excited about this dynamic. Like you literally were only attracted to me because you came with a woman. Um, and so he did, he delivered, he found a couple and we had sex with the woman and the intention was like, if we enjoyed it, we would then bring in her boyfriend as well. And I, I had, like, she was a great person to first have sex with because like, I have yet to meet someone like her again. I think I gave her like three or four orgasms, which was like, I felt great, right? Because of my first time with a vulva and I'm just making that vulva go, go great. Um, 
but if I say like off, but I, I come from a very diverse and mixed community and I'm not used to being around, um, like uh, homogeneous groups and we all have, you know, they were both white and I'm white presenting and I had complimented her skirt right before she took it off and she made a comment about cultural appropriation. I'm like, Egh, cultural appropriation. And I like, I shut down my body. Shut, like I was no longer aroused from that point afterwards. And I was just like, so hyper aware that I was about to have sex with two white people. And I in general haven't had sex with many white people just cause it's not who's in my groups. And so when I was like, I'm having sex with two white people. I'm like, one of them just like, oh, cultural appropriation. <laughs> I, I like, so I was excited that I was able to get her off multiple times but like I actually got off zero times during that interaction because I was so disconnected and so like ah oh, this is probably like this is just it's a different cultural expectation it's a different what have you um and other things like that happened as well but but yeah so overall I was like I glad glad that I got to do that have that experience because then I was able to move on and feel like now you can date women and not feel like you're testing yourself on them um but I didn't, I don't think he and I hooked up again. And right, like I was, I was like, I'm done. I made a, I made a point to be like, if I don't really like you as a person and I don't feel like our values align, then I will no longer be having sex with these folks. And like, that was a turning point actually for me in my sex life. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because that cultural, oh, also when I had asked him who he was voting for, this is around Trump's election and he didn't know. And I was like, I almost got up. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't do anything else after that, but like, I was like, oh, you can't not know. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say if, to yourself, what you know now, mm -hmm. back then, what would be the one thing that you would have told yourself differently, that you might've done differently? I think with the sex party, I handled it in a way that I'm comfortable with. I'm happy with what I tried. I'm happy with what I chose not to try in that space. Um, I would say that I, I think it would have been great to have come to the conclusion that I should like the people that I have sex with as early as possible, as opposed to just, you know, I was like in a hookup state of mind. Mm -hmm. And I didn't normally do one night stands, but I would just hook up with folks for a couple of months at a time so that we would know each other's body and the sex would be pleasurable, but I wouldn't get too connected. And I think that that's what I would have done differently, that I would have continued what I was doing, like hooking up consistently with people for a couple of months and then cutting off, but that I should like them as human beings overall and that I would want to, them to be in my friend groups mm -hmm. rather than just being like, mm, you like a, a convenient fuck. Mm. Nice. Okay, so tell us what you, how people can spend more time with you and all the brilliant things that you do. Tell us all about yeah. that. So my persona is Yael the Sex Geek, right? Like that's how you can find me on Insta, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, if you think you might want to hear more of my stories and how that might relate to your own, I have a book called An Intro Guide to a Sex Positive You, Lessons, Tales, and Tips, where I interweave my narratives into how I present information, which people have said makes it feel like they're talking to their best friend and makes them feel seen and validated. Um, I am starting an online course soon, Sex Positive You. It'll be at sexpositiveyou.com. You know, it's a, there's a theme going on in my things. <laughs> and that's good. It's good branding. <laughs> it's good to have I themes. do coaching. 
I do curriculum. I do workshops. Um, I do a lot around most of my work is in validation. I have a company dedicated to identities, representation, and community because it took me so long to feel confident as a queer woman, to feel confident as a Latina who looks the way that I do, um, which is totally normal. Lots of us look this way, but you wouldn't know it from TV representation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have, I do a lot of work in helping people find their communities, finding confidence, like finding my kinky self, all these things. And so I do a lot of identity work in addition for my coaching. Nice. All right. It's wonderful. Anything else you want to say to our audience while they have, you have their undivided attention? Uh, if you check out the Diverse Bodies Project, we have a project dedicated to redefining beauty and representing all the different ways that we show up in the nude. And so we interview folks and we take pictures of them while interviewing them while they're naked. And it really is a beautiful project. And so we encourage people to connect. Our next phase will invite people from all over the world to contribute. Right now it was only done in New York City, but we will be growing that. Pick me, pick me. (laughs) It's such a beautiful and fun project. Ah, the, the things that people share, the adorableness in the images. We really wanted to show all the emotions that folks have and all their stories and not just like, here's a body. It's different from this body, right? So, yeah. So, say that again. Diverse pro- Bodies Project. Okay. Um, and we'll see if we can make sure that that gets in, in the show notes uh, so that people can, you know, at click easy, easy peasy, so that they can, you know, because we all like easy, let's be honest. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you for being on the show, and thanks for sharing your adventure and thanks for leaning in with me. You're so delightful. So delightful. Thank you. I enjoyed this. Your questions are great. And uh, so all the audience go hang out with at tickle.life. Go hang out with our awesome guests. Go hang out on our, go on the adventure with all of us and uh, have a juicy day. Bye-bye. Mwah!